And I thought, even if I only run one marathon, I have to run it as a non-smoker. So I made myself quit before I started the training for the full marathon. And I've never smoked since, and I never looked back. That was Caroline Weeb. And this is episode 34 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. When we asked Caroline Weeb to be on the podcast, she responded with, I'm not that interesting. Who would want to hear my story? At Inspired Souls Podcast, we want to hear those real-life stories from all types of runners, and we think you will agree that Caroline has a story worth sharing. She is a 49-year-old mother of two and a registered nurse who works in multiple hospitals and home care. She started running 11 years ago, and her first race was a 5-kilometer gift to herself on Mother's Day. Since then, she has racked up such an impressive road running resume, she stopped counting her marathons at 20, and she has done many trail ultra marathons, including several hundred milers. She talks about how positive peer pressure from her running community helped her stop smoking, how being super organized is the only way she fits it all in, and she fondly reminisces about trips with her kids that always seem to include a race as well as lots of family time before and after. She is refreshingly unapologetic about how running is the gift she gives herself, the one thing that she does for her. Happy Mother's Day to all those running moms out there. We think there is a lot that will hit home during our chat with Caroline, so please enjoy. So Caroline, welcome to the Inspired Souls podcast. We're so happy to have you join us. Happy to be here. You have been one of those people that I think has been a longtime listener of ours ever since we started. Um, is that true? Yes, I have listened to all your episodes now. I'm really thrilled to have you on because as anybody who listens to our podcast knows, we enjoy having runners and people of all walks of life join us. And you are a person that I've gotten to know over the last several years here in Manitoba. And I think you have a pretty darn interesting story, even though you might not think so yourself. In fact, on that note, when I first asked Caroline to come on the podcast, she immediately said, oh, I don't think I'm that interesting. (laughs) (laughs) A theme of most of our amazing guests, actually. Yeah, nobody thinks they are, but, you know, people are are awesome. So tell us about yourself, Caroline. Uh, A little bit about yourself, where you live, what you do. I'm Caroline Weeb. I'm 49 years old. I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba with my husband and two young adult children. And we have a rescue dog. Her name is Indy. I immigrated to Canada 27 years ago. And I worked as a nurse after getting my Canadian nursing license here in 2006. I was a nurse back home in Paraguay, where I um, originally took my nursing. And uh, I will have been a nurse now for 30 years. This year will be the 30-year anniversary. Currently, I work as a home care nurse doing home visits. I still pick up shifts from time to time at the hospital where I worked for many years in orthopedic surgery and uh, also added some independent contracting jobs working in uh, nursing in rural Manitoba hospitals. 
So uh, we're going to get into that a little bit more because as you can probably already tell, um, Caroline is a busy person (laughs) with a family (laughs) and a very busy professional life, (laughs) but you're on this podcast because you're also a runner. So can you please tell us a little bit about how you started and got into running? Yeah, I never enjoyed running when I was uh, uh, younger. I actually hated running in high school. Then uh, after just graduating nursing, I played volleyball and a little bit of soccer and some team sports. But my husband being uh, gone for work out of the country most of the time when our children were young, I just wanted to get into something and do something for myself. And that's how um, I thought I should start maybe running because I could not uh, commit to being on a team and doing sports or doing anything scheduled or I couldn't commit Uh, to that because I always needed a babysitter and I just needed to do something for myself that I could do at my own schedule. And I thought running would be good. I'd just pick up a pair of runners and go out the door in the backyard. We have a bit of a park. So I would do some laps there while the kids were napping and I could see my house. Then when they started school, I would run when I wasn't working or when, while they were at school And I never really enjoyed it at first, but I set a goal in January of 2010 that by May for Mother's Day, I wanted to run 5K. And there was a friend of mine who said, there's this great Mother's Day run in Steinbeck. Why don't you sign up? It's a five kilometer race. And I thought, oh, great, that would be a great Mother's Day gift. And I'm going to train for it. And so I trained for this 5K and I mostly just was working night shifts at the hospital at that time. So I would go on my break and run uh, in the basement gym on the treadmill uh, that winter to train for my 5K. And I was a smoker at the time. And I'm telling you, I could not even run for a full minute when I first started. I was so out of breath and it was embarrassing how out of shape I was. (laughs) But I kept through it and I kept training and I was so proud of myself and I felt rewarded by you know, every time I could run a little bit more and a little bit more. And Mother's Day came and uh, we went to church in the morning. This was an afternoon race. And then we were going to go to Steinbeck for this 5K race as a family. And then in church, my daughter says to me, she was nine at the time and our son was five. She says, mom, I want to run with you. And I thought, oh no, how am I going to, I trained for this, you know, and you didn't like, how am I going to take my daughter with me? But then I thought, no, if she wants to come with me, I'm going to go with her. She can do it. So we together ran the 5k and I signed her up when we got there and I signed up our son too. Um, He did the kids run. So we all, you know, received a medal at the end and ate our free banana and had t-shirts and, oh, it was just the greatest mother's day ever. I just kind of, really, really enjoyed the event and the atmosphere and everyone was happy and just really had enjoyed that event. And I wanted to do it again. So I signed up for a 10K the next time. Mother's Day races are the best, aren't they? You know, I've got to say, you don't often hear a man talking about giving himself the gift of exercise, but you hear it all the time from moms that say, this is the best Mother's Day gift ever. I was able to go run a race, you know, and I'm not saying that in any way to be negative towards men. I just, I find it really interesting that we as women gift ourselves time to be fit. It's a good point. Yeah. And you know what, this race, they don't have it anymore. But every year we would go, it was kind of like 
the anniversary to when I started running. And it was a thing we did for Mother's Day together as a family. And the next year, my mm -hmm. husband joined as well. He would he walked most of it because he's not a runner, but he participated one year. And uh, and the kids and I we went every year since and until they stopped having that race. Wow. And it was it was it was a great you know I I wish they would still have it but uh, I think there is other Mother's Day runs actually the Spruce Woods one was once yeah. on Mother's Day too and that was my first hundred miler and uh, the only gift I wanted from my family was to be there at the finish line I get it and so they came all the way out to Spruce Woods and waited for hours and hours and hours at the trailhead for me to finish. But uh, yeah, that's how I got into running. After that 5K, I just kind of got the bug and loved the event and the atmosphere. And, you know, everyone's happy and you're doing a run and you trained for it. And I met other runners and I just wanted to do it again. So I signed up for a 10K and did a couple of 10Ks. And then that led to half marathons and then to marathons. And uh, eventually to 100 milers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> I always laugh at this because it's like, yes, this amazing story around the 5K and then you drop like, oh, and then I did 100 miles and I'm like, okay, there is a big story in between yeah, 5K there's... and 100 miles. <laughs> Tell us that too. So There is. There is. <laughs> yeah, that that didn't quite just happen that quickly. But uh, I wanted to uh, mention again uh, that I was a smoker at the time when I first started running. I was a smoker when I was still running half marathons. I would smoke. But when I first started running, I couldn't even, you know, like I said before, I couldn't even run one minute because I was so out of breath. But then I uh, started feeling uncomfortable, to be honest with you, being around all these healthy athletes and runners, although there were quite a few smokers, because you always knew who were the smokers at the at the half marathons, because they'd stay in, uh, where the cars are in the parking lot and have their cigarette before the, before the run or after, right after. And I was one of them. And uh, I was becoming embarrassed about it. And not just around they're running. Also, my kids were growing up and they were going to school and I just didn't want to be the smoking mom anymore. I just didn't want to be the smoking runner anymore. I was just done with smoking. And so I, I made it a thing. I want to run more and smoke less. So that's kind of how it helped me quit smoking. Impressive. Yeah, I wanted to run a marathon. That was that was my big bucket list at that time. I wanted to run a full marathon. And I thought, even if I only run one marathon, I have to run it as a non-smoker. So I made myself quit before I tr started the training for the full marathon. I quit completely and I've never smoked since and I never looked back. So I was pretty proud of that because it was one of the hardest things is to, to quit smoking because you know, like I said, I was a lot by myself with the kids when my husband was working out of town um, at that time and the kids were young. So it was kind of a thing that I did for myself. But now I wanted to run for myself. That was something I needed to do. That was my why. I needed to do something for myself. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. was running. And somehow I was getting the satisfaction out of it. It was just almost becoming a bit of an addiction overcoming one addiction and getting taking another one right yeah. and uh, I'm so glad I made that change you know I think running is a way better addiction than smoking <laughs> well and people often talk negatively about running oh you must be addicted to running because you run such crazy distances and 
I'm like, well, mm-hmm. yes. yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm not going to apologize for it. I am, but there yeah. could be worse addictions out there. Right? That, that's true. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of traded that off and I took on this new, uh, addiction, you know, this new hobby, this new thing that I wanted, that I was doing for myself. And I really started to enjoy it and to enjoy the running. Well, I think something that you said is so interesting and, and true is that the company we keep really matters, right? So when you were, when you weren't a runner, I imagine like then, okay, then you had your people that you went out for a smoke break with or whatever. But then when you got, when you sort of joined in that running tribe, right, then you started to feel kind of like, oh, embarrassed, you said, about yeah. the fact that you were smoking and to eventually, I'm, I'm sure it was never super easy to quit smoking, but it was probably a heck of a lot easier than it would have been if you weren't surrounding yourself with people who didn't smoke. Is that sort of the way yes, that you found that it? Yes, that is yeah. absolutely right, Carolyn. That is so true. And that's exactly how it went. Like my friends changed, you know, my tribe changed, you know, the people I'd hang out with were the runners now, you know, I I wouldn't go out for smokes anymore. I would go out for runs instead, you know, on my break, especially at work when sometimes that was the only time I had to run was on my break at work during a night shift. And I would used to to go out and have a smoke. Now I would go downstairs in the gym and run for 20, 30 minutes Mm -hmm. or an hour, depending on how long my break was. So things changed and uh, it was for the better, for sure. I never trained for any of the half marathons I ran. I just kind of ran them because I wanted to do a half marathon. I signed up for Fargo. I thought it sounded like so much fun, you know, to go down with some friends. And we did that for years to come and and still do that now sometimes go down to Fargo for the whole weekend just kind of hang out it's just a fun thing now it's a, you know we run the marathon actually 2 years ago just before the pandemic a group of friends said hey we're going down to Fargo to run the marathon but we're only driving out the morning of the marathon so we'll leave at 3 in the morning and then we're running the half marathon and then we'll come home do you want to come and i said yeah it's my weekend off why not but i want to run the full marathon so we had to leave a little bit earlier just because the full marathon started earlier than the half and they were all okay with it. So made for a long day, but you know, you're with your friends. It was kind of like running an ultra, but. Yeah, but you know, you do that to go to a rock concert. So why not a marathon, right? <laughs> exactly. For <laughs> sure. You had to leave at three to do the half marathon. So what time in the morning did you have to leave to do the full marathon? I think they picked me up around 2 or 2.30, something like that. And we, we were just hoping we wouldn't have a long holdup at the border. And, and we didn't. We were lucky. So it all went smoothly. And we made it there in time to uh, get a coffee and a McDonald's breakfast yet before <laughs> before the marathon. And, and I was good to go. So it was so much fun. Just, you know, spend a day with your friends because... Uh, it's not just about running. I don't know. You guys are probably more competitive or more into the competitive running than I am. I'm not there to compete. I never have been and I never will be. That's just not why I run. And that's not what interests me at all. I'm just there to run and to uh, at the events, to spend time with friends and people and meet people and go places. And uh, that that's why I run. Yeah, sure. I try to beat my own time. Sometimes I want to better myself, but uh, I have a different reason to uh, to be out there and doing events than, than others do. Not saying that it's 
that it's wrong or anything, but I don't know if you're that different from a lot of people. I think a lot of people identify with exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. or else we wouldn't see the record numbers of people joining our sport. Yeah. So you were able to stop smoking. You completed your first marathon, mm-hmm. and it happened in Fargo, so, correct? Yeah. Half yeah marathon, so first half marathon was Fargo, and the first full marathon was Fargo. So Fargo um, has a special place in your running story. It does. And I love going back. You know, lots of spectators. There's always so many Manitobans going out. So you know lots of people. And it's a party. You know, it's a big social event the whole weekend. You know, you just all stay in the same hotel and go out for dinner. And, you know, it's just a it's a big party. That's what it is. And I love it. So we've talked a lot about <laughs> road running, but I do know you did transition at some point into trails and ultras. Can you tell us about that transition? Uh, yeah, sure. So after I ran the first uh, marathon that year, I had signed up. That was in May in Fargo. And then I had signed up for a 50K road run in Calgary. So that would have been my first ultra. My first trail run, I had signed up for a Spruce Woods 50k. After doing the 50k in Calgary, I thought, well, there was a Spruce Woods trail run 50k. I should sign up for that one. So I signed up for the Spruce Woods 50k and I trained with a marathon group for it. And then two weeks before the Spruce Woods 50k, I, for some odd reason, thought that it would be a good idea to jump up to do the 50 miler instead. So, <laughs> so I changed my entry to the 50 miler two weeks before the race. And uh, it probably wasn't a bad idea. Like I, I thought I was trained enough and, and, and I finished a 50 miler and had a great run. I was pretty sore afterwards, but I guess that's to be expected. But that was my first 50 miler. So I think Calgary was the only 50K I ever ran. So then I, I did Spruce Woods 50 miler and that's where I you know, pretty much was introduced to trail running. And then I started exploring the trails around Winnipeg and Birds Hill Park and just really enjoying the trails as well as the road. And I took a whole bunch of friends that were running road before with me into the trails. And that's where we uh, met. Yeah, stuck to mostly trails then after that. Yeah, I still remember meeting you um, in November, my very first November here in Manitoba. And we were doing a little recon run of the um, Eastgate trails there in in Birds Hill Park. Oh, okay. and we were running along the Ridge of Happiness. Do you remember that, Carolyn? I, I, <laughs> Caroline? Yeah, I think I do. Was that the you group that... It was the one that JF um, kind yes, of organized. He was and, leading, uh, yes. organizing that run. I totally remember yep. that. Yes, yep. now that yeah, you was, mentioned it. I was it, running sure. with you and Lisa, and yeah. we were running along the Ridge of Happiness. And we just ran there a couple of weeks ago, and I had this flashback. I remembered it so vividly. <laughs> so you've become you know, a bit of a a really long distance specialist. You've done many hundred milers. You've done many timed events, 24 hour events. Again, I want to get into it in a little bit, but some virtual events where you've done the run across Tennessee. So I need to ask you, you have always, from what I've observed, been the epitome of the person who has been the hashtag no excuses. 
you have this mindset. You are such an incredibly busy nurse who works shift work and, and juggles multiple jobs. And you're a mom, and you're a wife, and you manage to maintain a cabin and a city house. And you always seem to be on the go, but you always seem to find time for a run. And it's usually with Indy with you. And they're not always short runs either. Like you're throwing down 30 milers, you know, <laughs> 20 <laughs> milers. Oh, uh, 48 milers last weekend. It's like, oh my goodness. So tell us how you do it, Carolyn. What's your secret? You just plan it in and do it. I always take my work schedule. That's what dictates pretty much my life. I plan everything around it because that is something I have to do. I have to work those shifts. If I'm training for something, I make my training plan around my work schedule. And I make my pretty much plan my family events, whatever I can decide around my work schedule. Like every other weekend I work. So I cannot do long runs every weekend because the weekends that I work, I'm either at work 12 to 16 hours or I'm at work eight hours. On the days where I work eight hours, I still plan in a run. But on the days where I work, uh, as a rule, anything longer than 12 hours, I do not plan a run. If I do get a run on those days, that's a bonus. But I do not plan it in. And it's just like you have to plan it in and execute your plan. That's just you have to, I guess, be disciplined enough to uh, stick with it. That's just how I do it. Would you say that discipline is something that's always come easily to you or did you have to really learn that skill? Because it is a skill, isn't it? Like it's it's not this yeah. you either have it or you don't have it. It's something all of us have access to if we really want to. Right. And so right. it sounds like you're incredibly intentional. You know your why. You know what's important to you and you create space in your life for those things and everything else can just fall off because it's not as important. Is that, am I hearing you accurately? That is right. That is exactly right. You have to know your why. You have to know your priorities and what is important to you and what you want to get done or what you what's not that important or something that can wait. But uh, yeah, I just uh, plan in my runs ahead of time. And like I said, if I'm just running to run, which has been this last year, pretty much not and not training or following a, a specific training plan, then it, it is harder not to be disciplined because I don't have a race I'm training for. It's not that I have to go run. And if you're tired, but then I know I feel so much better if I do go for that run. And some days, you know, like I wake up, I wake up early um, if I can't sleep, I figured, you know what, instead of lying in bed here, I might as well go for a run because I got to take my dog out anyway. And uh, we both feel good. <laughs> That's so, great. Well, you know, I'm hearing you, you've said it a few times in the last two minutes, you plan it ahead of time. And, you know, it's such a, a simple concept, but these things don't ever happen by accident or at the last minute. You know, if you wait till you're done your shift and then you're like, oh yeah, I should go for a run now. Oh, but I forgot my shoes or I didn't bring a snack or your headspace just isn't in that place. It doesn't happen. Right. But if you head to work knowing at the end of the day that you're going to be doing A, B, and C in this place, it happens. And I think that's really, it's the only way to manage to fit it all in. You don't never have time. You make the time for these, yeah. these things that are important to you. 
So what would you say to someone who may be like a really, really busy working mom? They want to, quote, do it all. They want to be that person that cooks the healthy meals for their family and gets the run in. Like what kind of message do you have for someone? Because I imagine, and we've talked about this before, that you don't always feel like it, even if it's planned in advance and it's on your schedule, that time may arrive for your run and you're like, I'm so tired. (laughs) I've just worked an eight hour shift or whatever it is. What advice do you have for somebody who just wants to be that disciplined and wants to be able to stick with their plan? Yeah, well, you're right. It's not always easy. And it's not even if it's planned in there's nothing wrong with changing your plan. Like sometimes you have to change your plan. Unexpected things do come up, as we all know, especially, you know, as moms with kids, anything basically can come up and change the plan that you had. And that is okay. I don't beat myself up if I miss a run because I'm too tired. I don't think it is an excuse that I'm using. I'm too tired. Sometimes it is more important for me to get extra rest. Rest is so, so important too, and such a big part of being a good mom, a good wife, a good nurse, a, a good runner, and, you know, and for your training. Sometimes you just need the rest. Well, exactly. You know? And I think this is maybe a distinction worth delving into a little bit deeper because mm-hmm. we all know that in a training cycle, that fatigue, that sort of cumulative fatigue is part of it, right? If you're training for a hundred miles, like just to get in the proper training, there are going to be weeks where you're more tired than others. And Mm -hmm. there's also times where you sort of tip a little bit further and it's like, you would be better off with a day of rest than going and doing that run on your plan. How do you kind of tease out the normal fatigue that's part of the training versus the I'm tipping into injury or overtraining or burnout kind of fatigue. I, I think that's just something you learn with time. Like you just kind of learn to know your own body. You learn to understand and listen to to your own body. Like you understand, I really would benefit more from taking a day off today and doing a better run tomorrow. I would I would get better training out of it or I would feel better if I'm training for something. Back to your other question, you know, like how to do all this and how to fit it all in. I think the key is to be organized. Like I said before, I plan it ahead. The plan doesn't always work out the way you planned it. And that is okay. You have to be okay with that. But to be organized, like I pre-cook my meals on the days where I'm not as busy. I will intentionally cook large meals. Like instead of for four people, I cook for eight and then I freeze them. Mm-hmm. And I will do like on my slow week, I call it my slow week where I don't work as many hours. I still go to work every day, but I work shorter days. I will cook large dinners and then I freeze half of it and we have it for the weeks where I work more. So you you know you can still get your run and and have a home cooked meal. You just have to pull it out of the freezer. You know, you've changed my life. <laughs> posting pictures of your kitchen counter completely covered in freezer dinners um, and super healthy balanced meals. And, and I, yeah, I want to say thank you, Caroline, for that, because you, you really set a good example for us working moms. The, The freezer meals are a lifesaver. 
They are. And it's also for, for the days where I work, you know, when I, when I do go out of town for work and then, you know, the family, they, they don't have to just eat pizza pops or, mm-hmm. you know, they can eat a home cooked meal, but it's already there ready for them to just heat up. So just a good preparation, like preparing ahead of time and being organized. And when you schedule it in, do it unless, you know, of course, there's always things that can change your schedule. Okay, so you just said some seriously important things right there. You know, you talked about having a plan, having a goal, being organized, but at the same time being not being so married to the plan that you lose sight of the goal and you've learned to give yourself grace. That's what I keep hearing. You're you're okay if you need to take a break, you do because if you don't it sacrifices the bigger goal, mm-hmm, exactly. which is your health and your mental wellness and, and the whole reason you're running in the first place. Exactly. So this is something I'm very passionate about is right now is is the, the grace component and working with your body and not against your body as a way to maintain longevity and running. And this is something you have done. I mean, you've been running now for well over a decade with actually even longer than that, but let's say racing for well over a decade and some really significant mileage. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you have a job that, you know, I'm sure has its certain amount of stress, whether it's regular day-to-day stress or in the last year, you've been a frontline healthcare worker during a global pandemic. So I'm actually, I would just like to spend a couple minutes just asking you personally, mm-hmm. how have you been? <laughs> what has it been like being a nurse in the last year? Well, it, it sure threw everybody, you know, off a routine and uh, it's been hard for everybody. It's been a challenge for everyone, not just uh, you know, frontline workers, but I can say from uh, my personal experience, being there on the front lines, working in the hospitals, it's been very, very stressful at times. I mean, as you know, too, like policies changing constantly, almost from day to day at t- sometimes, and wearing this PPE for 12 to 16 hours a day, like I had the worst skin breakouts you're hot under all of that PPE. You're, you know, you're working under stress. We're working short. I have been actually personally very, very lucky that I was never redeployed yet to uh, outbreak site. Some nurses were, and some of our coworkers were redeployed to the outbreak sites, and uh, some of them were off because they had exposure or they were sick or got uh, COVID themselves and uh, had to be isolated. So we were working short and we still are working short uh, quite a bit, which means longer days, heavier loads, workloads. You know, we still have our regular patients. We still have our regular um, emergency patients. We still have our uh, cardiac patients, our medicine patients, our cancer patients. They're still all there, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, this was just an added stress. And I think our our nurses were already, like we were already stressed and, and, and understaffed and overworked before the pandemic. Mm. So this, this was just an added stress and um, it, it hasn't been easy. I think we're all, all fighting the same storm, but we're all in our own boats. Yes. It's been hard for everybody. It's not just for us nurses. Like I'm thinking of, you know, all the clerks at the stores or all the 
cleaners or like everybody, you know, mm-hmm. people that have their own businesses were shut down. You know, I don't have the financial struggle because I work so much. So I get the pay, but then others, their pay was cut maybe in half or taken away altogether. I don't know. Well, you know, my personal experience has been just that level of exhausting, you know, the PPE. And I was, I see pictures of, of you nurses with literally bruises and like blisters on your face from the masks that you have to wear and, and everything. So what has running been for you during this last year? Like, has it been more of a, a burden? Like I'm already exhausted and now I've got to go for a run or has it been more of a blessing? Like where in the mix did running land for you? And did it shift throughout the year? It did. It, it, it definitely shifted. And I think why it shifted was because there was all the races were canceled. So I did not have a race to train for specifically. I didn't have a plan that I felt I was needed to follow in order to reach my goal for a race. But I can honestly say running was a blessing because I enjoy running and I can de-stress during a run, you know, like even though, yeah, physically I'm exhausted, I'm very fatigued, but even if I go for a slow trail run after a long shift or on my day off, go for a longer run or, you know, just take my dog and don't hear any call bells in the hospital, (laughs) don't have to listen to any complaints or stresses or anything, I can just you know, connect with nature and just relax and unwind. And it it definitely, definitely can say that running was a blessing and just a way of getting away. And, and again, coming back to why I initially started running, I wanted to do something for myself. Amen. And, and it, it always comes back to that. Like I can do something for myself. I don't have to help somebody at that very moment. Like you know, I, I needed to help myself just to relax and unwind and get ready to go back into work the next day or, or for the next shift coming up. So it was just, uh, I would say definitely a blessing. Well, this just keeps coming back for me anyway, in my listening of you just keeps coming back to the fact that you have a very crystal clear why. Yeah, that I do. Like you're very, very intentional and and you can be that way even when life throws you curveballs left, right, and center because you have that kind of North Star of like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? So I'm so, first of all, thank you for being a front care, a frontline healthcare worker (laughs) during this global pandemic, you and, and all of the people like you said, I'm, I'm so happy to hear you mentioning like the clerks in the stores and the people driving trucks and like all the people you wouldn't necessarily think of as a um, as a frontline person, but they are right. And, and we've are, all yeah. had our different stresses. But, you know, you've been able to almost pivot your running very mm-hmm. gracefully, it sounds like. And you've managed to, you know, rack up some impressive <laughs> mileage uh, doing different mm-hmm. fun virtual events and just your mindset about this change and this pivot uh, sounds very healthy and very positive. So can you tell us about mm-hmm. some of the virtual events you took part in and maybe if any of them stand out as favorites? Yeah, for sure. I don't know if I had necessarily a favorite one, but uh, I did sign up for some virtual runs and uh, 
the one that I did a year ago now, I started last May, the virtual run across Tennessee. There was more of fear from Winnipeg and from across Canada that, that participated in that virtual run across Tennessee. It started out with a thousand kilometers and uh, I changed later on and during and in into the race to I wanted to reach a thousand miles. But when I had first initially uh, signed up for it, it was a, it's a fundraiser in Tennessee to feed the hungry. And I thought it was such a good cause. And uh, I wanted to uh, somehow do that for our own community here at home as well. So I decided to do my own little thing, put my own little spin on this race. And, and I uh, wanted to make a food bank donation each 100 kilometers that I ran. So I would run to a grocery store usually and uh, when I would reach 100 kilometers and buy groceries and then put it in the food and the food bank. Actually, last May, I flew out to Flin Flon and I worked there for two weeks. And while I was working full time in the hospital in Flin Flon, I managed to run 250 kilometers. So I made two donations. My first two donations were in Flin Flon for the 100 kilometers each. And then um, most of them were here for Winnipeg Harvest in Winnipeg. But I made a donation in Lac Bonnie and a donation in Kenawa as well. Wow, that's awesome. So I finished that 1,000-mile race in 57 days. What do you say to that? Like, seriously, you're in the middle of a global pandemic. You're, you're flying out of town to work in northern, well, actually, it's probably more central Manitoba, but north of Winnipeg. <laughs> you rack up 250K in one week, and you still have the commitment. Sorry, that was in two weeks, but yeah. Sorry, in two weeks, yes. Yeah. You still have the... Um, wherewithal within you to still want to give more and, and give back more. And that's, that's so amazing. So, you know, you've done a few virtual events. You did the, the run across Tennessee. Did you do any others and which one ended up being your favorite? Uh, yeah, I did another one. It was actually out of Paraguay, the the country that I was born in. Uh, it was also a a virtual, uh, race to feed the hungry. I thought, you know, it kind of, went with my theme there. So so I just signed up for it and I sent them a donation. Then I ended up running, I think, 277 kilometers in 25 days. And I won my age category. So congratulations. <laughs> thank you. So they, they contacted me and they said, what would you like to do with with what you won? And I said, well, what do you mean? What did I win? And they said, well, you won a whole bunch of groceries. And I said, well, can you just give it back to the to the fundraiser? And they said, well, no, actually, we can't. You have to pick it up or you have to somebody has to pick it up for you if you can't pick it up. And I said, well, I live in Canada. I can't really (laughs) pick it up. I said, well, I "Well, I have my mom that lives there. And it happened to be, uh, you know, like around her birthday, which I had planned initially to come out for her birthday again this year. But then with the pandemic, I couldn't travel. So I said, hey, mom, guess what? I, w- I just won you free groceries for a month. So <sighs> and she was so happy <laughs> and, and she got to pick what she wanted. You know, like I guess they got her a voucher and then she got to pick her own groceries. So she got groceries for a month. So I did that one. And, it, and it, it, you know, it was personal. I, I liked it because, you know, I, I was able to do something for my mom and for her birthday. It all kind of just worked out great. 
It always makes me think like this, this year, right? It has been so unusual this past year and, and how running events have changed, right? So we've seen all these virtual events and you're speaking to some of the upsides of these virtual events that we never would have even had the chance to know about had this pandemic come about. So yeah, that's true. That's so true. Yeah. But um, so yeah, you're speaking to to some of those upsides. um, And I think that that's incredibly cute story about your mother. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I always have to ask this. I'm always interested when people are running a lot of, of mileage, right? Especially, mm-hmm. it sounds like you were already used to doing quite a lot of mileage. So our bodies adapt and they get used to things. But did you encounter any injuries this year when you were perhaps running a bit more mileage than you're used to? I didn't really encounter any injuries this year. I I think all my, like I did a lot of mileage, but it was all slow mileage because I was running so much. For some reason, I had a, I had a good year. I've had injuries in the past, but nothing too significant, I guess, or nothing that I couldn't recover from. Last weekend, I ran a 48-mile day. It was my day off, and I mean, what, what better things to, <laughs> is there to do than run 48 miles? No, I'm, I'm actually doing a virtual race right now, the MDS at home, the Marathon de Sables at home, and there is oh. uh, 250 kilometers uh, in the month of April. Uh, you have to complete the different challenges and, and Part of the 250 kilometers is one day you have to run 77 kilometers. So that's what I was doing. And it, it was my day off. I'm, I have a very, very busy month this month with, with shifts that I'm working. So I had to take advantage of the day off and the nice weather. Yeah, so I ran the 48 miles that last Friday. And then we had all that snow uh, the next day. And I thought it'd be a good workout uh, cross training day the next day to shovel the driveway. And then I threw out my back. So, oh. you know, not even really a running related injury, but I've just been having a very sore back since then. And just, it was supposed to run long distances uh, to complete this race this weekend because it's my weekend off. But instead I decided to, uh, to just rest and let my back get better. And then hopefully, um, the rest of the next two weeks, I can complete this uh, virtual race and finish up the last 119 kilometers. <laughs> okay, so there you go, giving yourself grace again to actually yeah. listen to your body and yeah. change the plan, but not the goal. So that's I'm right. proud of you. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, and I have a very good uh, physiotherapist at the Pan Am. Her name's Kim, who taught me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's no yeah, longer at the point, but, yeah, but yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. Um, okay, so Caroline, it's been kind of a crazy year, crazy decade, probably a crazy life. Um, <laughs> tell us about some of your biggest wins over the years. Like, what things have really kept you going? I wouldn't know what really kept me going is just other than you know, like you just keep on going every day, but with everything else, but, uh, I, I had some, uh, some highlights in my, in my running, which, uh, definitely would be the races, uh, for me personally, where my kids were involved or came with me to the race. I did a road trip with my daughter on May, um, uh, forget now which year that was, but, uh, I decided to go to, uh, Regina to run the Canada Goose 24-hour race, 
and uh, take her with me and we took the dog and we went on a road trip just mother and daughter for mother's day and uh, went to regina to to do a race and she was there to to crew and uh, to be there with me and take the dog and just watch me do loops in the park there and I, I only ran 12 hours that weekend finished 50 miles and then we spent a long weekend together in Regina in the hotel so it was a really good memory that I have uh, another one that I did with my son that same year was a road trip to uh, South Dakota in the Black Hills and I ran the Lean Horse 100 and he traveled with me we were gone for about a week uh, we did some hiking there uh, before the race, and we did some a little bit of sightseeing after the race, and then uh, the, tr- the drive home we took it, you know, with some stops and stuff because I had just run a hundred miles, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> driving for that long was uh, was a little hard. My feet were swelling up and stuff, yeah. but uh, we had fun, and he had lots of fun. He, I got and let him invite a friend to come along and so that he wasn't there by himself because he was only 16 years old at that time. You're giving me some great ideas. Yeah. Oh. So that was really like lots of fun. And, and again, like I don't go, I didn't go to race that race. I just wanted to, to run it and, and, you know, have my son there at the finish line. And he was so cute. He said, mom, I knew you would want a cold beer. So he brought me a cold beer to the finish line. How cool is that? You know, yes. like, <laughs> you raised him well. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It was a really, really good weekend. And then I did another one that, that I'm still, still my, my best hundred miler so far. That was Las Vegas. My husband and I had decided we would not buy the kids too many Christmas gifts. Instead, we would get them a trip and I would go somewhere with them. My husband doesn't really like traveling. He used to travel for work so much. And so he doesn't really care to travel. But the kids and I wanted to go to Las Vegas. And uh, so that's what we did. I got them tickets to go to Las Vegas and we went for 11 days. We did lots of hiking uh, while we were out there. I know most people, they go to the strip and Vegas is something totally different for them. But we did the strip once during the day and once at night. And that was all. We had seen it all, done it all. We were good. <laughs> so we, we did the Red the Red Rock Canyon. We hiked in there. We did. We went to uh, Valley of Fire. We did hike uh, lots of sightseeing there and hiking. And then um, we went to the race car track and our son he was so thrilled he got to ride with an actual retired race car driver and they took him for a spin and stuff like that so I did tons of fun things with my kids but I said you know what we're here for a week there's one day I'm going to do stuff for me and I was going to sign up for a race so I was looking for what's around that area for a race and Actually, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, Jeff Vince, and he says, oh, that's the week I will be in Vegas as well. I'm running the Saints and Sinners Half Marathon. And I thought, oh, great, I should run it with him. But then I thought, no, a half marathon just doesn't appeal to me. Like, it, it wouldn't satisfy me. I wanted a bigger run. I wanted a good run, like a long run. And uh, I found a jackpot ultra. And I had to change the trip just slightly to fit that in, but that was all good. 
month, I signed up for Jackpot Ultra 100 miles, and I placed second female in that race. You rocked that one. I did. I feel yes. so proud of that one still. I ran so hard. <laughs> you know, that's the best time I still have. You ran just over 24 hours for 100 yeah. miles oh, at yeah. the age of what, 46? Yeah, at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, I still feel proud of that race. I actually hadn't even really trained for it. I just kind of went on vacation with my kids and threw in a run in the park and had a really good day in the park that day. So I just went on vacation and ran 100 miles, <laughs> whatever, no big deal, came second. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. And and that worked out. It all worked out really good. The kids were proud of me. They came by the race a couple of times throughout that. And Jeff had gone and run his half marathon. And then he came by the race where I was running. It was a looped race in the park. So it was, you know, you see the runners quite often. And uh, actually after dusk, you could have a pacer. So Jeff stuck around and he ran a couple of laps with me yet that night. So it was it was lots of fun. It just all worked out to have a, you know, some a running friend from Winnipeg out at the same time. Those, those were, I would say, the highlights of, of my of my runs is those longer runs where I was able to go with family. Well, I think it's safe to say that you have been inspirational to many people, and I'm sure this podcast will inspire many more. But we're always curious uh, who's inspired somebody like you on your running journey and why. Uh, yeah, so many people inspire me daily. Like the two of you, definitely, you know, you're starting your podcast, you're, you know, you have a dream, you go after it. It's inspiring. Like, that's so awesome. I'm, you know, congratulations to the two of you on this wonderful podcast. I wanted to say that uh, to both of you uh, and, and really, truly from my heart, mean it. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for you. I, I love the podcast. I listen to it like, you know, every time there's a new podcast out, I listen to it. And you guys, you know, wanted to do something and you did it. And, and you know, that's inspiring. That inspires me. Uh, lots of people inspire me. Um, to name a few from the runners, there's definitely Jeff Vince. He's in his 70s. Uh, runs all the marathons all over the world, never makes any excuses when you ask him to run with you. He's a morning runner, but if, you know, when I was still working night shifts, he would come out sometimes in the afternoon just because we hadn't run together for a long time. And I said, well, Jeff, I'm, you know, I'm always sleeping in the morning. And then he says, well, I'll do an afternoon run with you. So he comes out at any time, anywhere. He'll meet me in, in Pinawa in a trail and he's not even a trail runner. But he's just a, a great friend. And he told me once when he was working and had a young family, he had to limit himself to one marathon a year for financial reasons and for not having the time to train. And now that he's retired, he just runs every marathon everywhere. And, you know, it's just so inspiring. Jeff just never stops. And that just inspires me. Another one. Um, that I'm a huge fan of and inspired by is um, Sue Lucas. Um, you ladies probably know her, have heard of her, if you don't know her. And Absolutely. We become, yeah, we become really good friends and she is uh, my go-to person. She's always amazing to uh, help me out, give me support, give me advice. She has done some amazing 
record-breaking ultras in the past and uh, just just a really good friend and I'm, I'm very inspired by her. Uh, also, I can't mention any names there, but I'm always inspired by my patients. They're fighting to stay alive, to get healthier, to recover from some serious injuries or medical conditions or anything like that. They face so many, um, you know, some life-threatening changes in their life. And uh, I'm, I'm just inspired by them, how some of those patients uh, face it head on or, you know, get through it. And, uh, and, th and that's just a daily inspiration through my work. Wow. Yeah. Perspective. Yeah. Okay. So this has been, as I knew it would be, an amazing conversation and it's going to have to come to a close. And so we always wind up our chats with people with our five rapid fire questions, which I know that you are prepared for, right, Caroline? I am. <laughs> okay. So because you have listened to every one of our podcasts to date, we're expecting something different and new here. You know that, right? Yeah, of course. No I'll pressure. Try I'll try to be rapid. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, Caroline, what is your favorite running mantra? Well, there's a few, but I always say, convince your mind, your legs will follow. In a longer run, I break it up in blocks. You know, if it's not a looped course, I break it, I break my run up mentally in blocks. And it's just one more lap or one more mile or one more round, whatever the block is. Mm -hmm. And just one more. You have to do one more until you finish. You don't stop until you finish. Mm -hmm. uh, if I do like the overnight longer runs, uh, it's always just one day and one night. Just one day and one night. And then it's over. Give it your all. Yeah. Something about that word just, right? It just makes it yep. feel manageable. <laughs> it, it's manageable if you just do the one more lap, yep. like just one more lap, you know, like that's what I keep saying. I don't even need to listen to music. That's all that's in my head. I go out knowing I will be uncomfortable for one day and one night. Yeah. Get through it. That's all. Boom. Where is your favorite place to run? Any trail in warm weather. You're from Paraguay, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love warm weather. How about a bucket list race? Do you have anything that's on your list when we're allowed to race again? Yes, I do. This year I'm turning 50. I wanted to do it for my 50th birthday. Always wanted to do a staged race. And for some odd reason, Marathon de Sables was my dream staged race. And I thought I would make that a me thing for myself, for my birthday. I wanted to travel to Morocco and run that run for my 50th birthday. But unfortunately, as we all know, COVID mm -hmm. got in the way. And with the uncertainties, I didn't even sign up for it this year. But I can happily say I am now registered for Marathon de Sables for 2022. I got in, I got wow. accepted, I paid for, for it you. already. And that's my goal for the whole entire year. Started right now to train for one year for that race. That's going to be my long-term goal for my dream race. 
Oh, that's so exciting. I've got tingles everywhere. (laughs) I will be so excited to follow you along. Oh, that's going to be so awesome. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm very excited as well. Do you have a favorite running book or running movie? I do not have a favorite running book or favorite running movie. Nope, not at all. My favorite podcast is Inspired Souls. <laughs> oh, you're just saying that. <laughs> nope. Nope. I've tried many other podcasts. I'll always come back to yours. I'm waiting for the next one. Oh, <laughs> Love it. Okay. So let's finish off with what is your favorite post-run indulgence? Absolutely. A long bath and a nap. And if it's food, then it's ice cream. Okay. Yeah. After that hot trail run in that's right i don't eat ice cream very often but i sometimes crave it and then i save it for after a long run that's awesome so caroline you've given our listeners i think lots to digest lots to think about the one thing that really stands out to me that i really want to highlight and recap is how you have crystallized your why and your why has been something that I think we don't always give ourselves permission to do. You've said, I'm going to do this for myself. And you have not apologized for it. No. I I really think that's important because I think a lot of runners, myself included, see running. It is a very selfish sport. It really is. And sometimes there's guilt associated with that, doing something for yourself. But for you to not only not guilt yourself, But make that the forefront of your why, I think is so important (laughs) and honorable and, and, um, just real, like you're really honest with yourself about why you're running. Mm -hmm. And I think that is why you have been able to, to go for year after year, mile after mile, race after race without blowing up, without burning out, without losing your passion. So I want to just honor that and thank you for sharing your story with us. And um, I'm going to ask you, um, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Are you available at all for connection? Yeah, I, I'm on social media, for, uh, Facebook and Instagram, caro uh, for running C-A-R-O, number four, running. So we will link to that in our show notes. So if anybody wants to connect with Caroline or follow her along with all of her amazing epic adventures, um, Marathon de Sable next year, you know where to find her. So do you have any final thoughts for us, Caroline, before we close this podcast? Yeah, I just wanted to say, if you have a dream, make it come true. You're the only one that uh, can make that happen. Work hard and play harder. Always stay humble and be kind. Keep positive. Don't look back. Keep moving forward. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. Mm, Very wise, very true words. And thank you so much for making the time to be with us today. Thank you so much for, for having me on your podcast. Thank you so much. 